Question 145 of Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae. Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues. The Virtue of Temperance. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae. Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues. The Virtue of Temperance, by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 145 of Honesty in Four Articles. Translator's Note Honesty must be taken here in its broad sense as synonymous with moral goodness from the point of view of decorum. We must now consider honesty, under which head there are four points of inquiry. First, the relation between the honest and the virtuous. Second, its relation with the beautiful. Translator's note, as honesty here denotes moral goodness, so beauty stands for moral beauty. Third, its relation with the useful and the pleasant. Fourth, whether honesty is a part of temperance. First article, whether honesty is the same as virtue. Objection 1. It would seem that honesty is not the same as virtue. For Tully says in On the Art of Rhetoric 253 that the honest is what is desired for its own sake. Now virtue is desired not for its own sake, but for the sake of happiness. For the philosopher says in Ethics one nine that happiness is the reward and the end of virtue. Therefore, honesty is not the same as virtue. Objection to further, according to Isidore in his Etymologies 10, honesty means an honorable state. Now honor is due to many things besides virtue, since it is praise that is the proper due of virtue, according to Ethics one twelve. Therefore, honesty is not the same as virtue. Objection 3. Further, the principal part of a virtue is the interior choice, as the philosopher says in Ethics 8.13. But honesty seems to pertain rather to exterior conduct, according to 1 Corinthians 14.40. Let all things be done decently, honeste, and according to order among you. Therefore, honesty is not the same as virtue. Objection 4. Further, honesty apparently consists in external wealth, According to Ecclesiasticus 11.14, good things and evil, life and death, poverty and riches are from God. But virtue does not consist in external wealth. Therefore, honesty is not the same as virtue. On the contrary, Tully, in his morals, as well as in his rhetoric, 253, divides honesty into the four principal virtues, 
into which virtue is also divided. Therefore, honesty is the same as virtue. I answer that, as Isidore says in his Etymologies 10, Honesty means an honorable state. Wherefore a thing may be said to be honest through being worthy of honor. Now honor, as stated above in question 144, article 2, second reply, is due to excellence. And the excellence of a man is gauged chiefly according to his virtue, as stated in Physics 717. Therefore, properly speaking, honesty refers to the same thing as virtue. Reply to Objection 1. According to the philosopher, in Ethics 1.7, of those things that are desired for their own sake, some are desired for their own sake alone, and never for the sake of something else, such as happiness, which is the last end, while some are desired not only for their own sake, inasmuch as they have an aspect of goodness in themselves, even if no further good accrued to us through them, but also for the sake of something else, inasmuch as they are conducive to some more perfect good. It is thus that the virtues are desirable for their own sake, wherefore Tully says, in On the Art of Rhetoric 252, that some things allure us by their own force, and attract us by their own worth, such as virtue, truth, knowledge. And this suffices to give a thing the character of honest. Reply to Objection 2. Some of the things which are honored besides virtue are more excellent than virtue, namely, God and happiness, and such like things are not so well known to us by experience as virtue which we practice day by day. Hence, virtue has a greater claim to the name of honesty. Other things which are beneath virtue are honored, insofar as they are a help to the practice of virtue, such as rank, power, and riches. For as the philosopher says in Ethics 4.3 that these things are honored by some people, but in truth it is only the good man who is worthy of honor. Now a man is good in respect of virtue, wherefore praise is due to virtue insofar as the latter is desirable for the sake of something else, while honor is due to virtue for its own sake. And it is thus that virtue has the character of honesty. Reply to Objection 3. As we have stated, honest denotes that to which honor is due. Now honor is an attestation to someone's excellence, as stated above in question 103, articles 1 and 2. But one attests only to what one knows, and the internal choice is not made known save by external actions. Wherefore, external conduct has the character of honesty insofar as it reflects internal rectitude. For this reason, honesty consists radically in the internal choice, but its expression lies in the external conduct. Reply to Objection 4. 
it is because the excellence of wealth is commonly regarded as making a man deserving of honor that sometimes the name of honesty is given to external prosperity. Second article, whether the honest is the same as the beautiful. Objection 1. It would seem that the honest is not the same as the beautiful. For the aspect of honest is derived from the appetite, since the honest is what is desirable for its own sake, according to Cicero on the Art of Rhetoric, 2.53. But the beautiful regards rather the faculty of vision, to which it is pleasing. Therefore, the beautiful is not the same as the honest. Objection to, further, beauty requires a certain clarity, which is characteristic of glory, whereas the honest regards honor. Since, then, honor and glory differ, as stated above in question 103, article 1, third reply, it seems also that the honest and the beautiful differ. Objection 3. Further, honesty is the same as virtue, as stated above in article 1. But a certain beauty is contrary to virtue, wherefore it is written in Ezekiel 16.15, Trusting in thy beauty, thou playest the harlot because of thy renown. Therefore, the honest is not the same as the beautiful. On the contrary, the Apostle says in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 23 and 24, Those that are our uncomely, in honesta, parts, have more abundant comeliness, honestatem, but are comely, honesta, parts have no need. Now by uncomely parts he means the baser members, and by comely parts the beautiful members. Therefore, the honest and the beautiful are apparently the same. I answer that, as may be gathered from the words of Dionysius in On the Divine Names 4, beauty, or comeliness, results from the concurrence of clarity and due proportion. For he states that God is said to be beautiful as being the cause of the harmony and clarity of the universe. Hence the beauty of the body consists in a man having his bodily limbs well proportioned together with a certain clarity of color. In like manner, spiritual beauty consists in a man's conduct or actions being well proportioned in respect of the spiritual clarity of reason. Now this is what is meant by honesty, which we have stated in Article 1, to be the same as virtue. And it is virtue that moderates, according to reason, all that is connected with man. Wherefore, Honesty is the same as spiritual beauty. Hence Augustine says, in his 83 questions, question 30, By honesty I mean intelligible beauty, which we properly designate as spiritual. And further on he adds that, Many things are beautiful to the eye, which it would be hardly proper to call honest. 
Reply to Objection 1. The object that moves the appetite is an apprehended good. Now if a thing is perceived to be beautiful as soon as it is apprehended, it is taken to be something becoming and good. Hence Dionysius says in On the Divine Names 4 that the beautiful and the good are beloved by all. Wherefore the honest, inasmuch as it implies spiritual beauty, is an object of desire, and for this reason Tully says in his Morals 1.5, Thou perceivest the form and the features, so to speak, of honesty, and were it to be seen with the eye, would, as Plato declares, arouse a wondrous love of wisdom. Reply to Objection 2. As stated above, in question 103, article 1, third reply, glory is the effect of honor, because through being honored or praised, a person acquires clarity in the eyes of others. Wherefore, just as the same thing makes a man honorable and glorious, so is the same thing honest and beautiful. Reply to Objection 3. This argument applies to the beauty of the body, although it might be replied that to be proud of one's honesty is to play the harlot because of one's spiritual beauty, according to Ezekiel 28.17. Thy heart was lifted up with thy beauty. Thou hast lost thy wisdom in thy beauty. Third Article whether the honest differs from the useful and the pleasant. Objection 1. It would seem that the honest does not differ from the useful and the pleasant. For the honest is what is desirable for its own sake, according to Cicero in On the Art of Rhetoric 2.53. Now pleasure is desired for its own sake, for it seems ridiculous to ask a man why he wishes to be pleased, as the philosopher remarks in Ethics 10.2. Therefore, the honest does not differ from the pleasant. Objection to further, riches are comprised under the head of useful good. For Tully says, in the Art of Rhetoric 2.52, there is a thing that attracts the desire not by any force of its own, nor by its very nature, but on account of its fruitfulness and utility. And that is money. Now riches come under the head of honesty, for it is written in Ecclesiasticus 11.14, Poverty and riches, honestas, are from God. And in Ecclesiasticus 13.2, He shall take a burden upon him, that hath fellowship with one more honorable, that is, richer than himself. Therefore, the honest differs not from the useful. Objection 3. Further, Tully proves in his Morals 2.3 that nothing can be useful unless it be honest. And Ambrose makes the same statement in On the Duties of the Clergy 2.6. Therefore, the useful differs not from the honest. On the contrary, 
Augustine says in his 83 questions, question 30, The honest is that which is desirable for its own sake. The useful implies reference to something else. I answer that, the honest concurs in the same subject with the useful and the pleasant, but it differs from them in aspect. For, as stated above in Article 2, a thing is said to be honest insofar as it has a certain beauty through being regulated by reason. Now whatever is regulated in accordance with reason is naturally becoming to man. Again, it is natural for a thing to take pleasure in that which is becoming to it. Wherefore, an honest thing is naturally pleasing to man. And the philosopher proves this with regard to acts of virtue in Ethics eight. Yet not all that is pleasing is honest, since a thing may be becoming according to the senses, but not according to reason. A pleasing thing of this kind is beside man's reason, which perfects his nature. Even virtue itself, which is essentially honest, is referred to something else as its end, namely happiness. Accordingly, the honest, the useful, and the pleasant concur in the one subject. Nevertheless, they differ in aspect. For a thing is said to be honest as having a certain excellence deserving of honor on account of its spiritual beauty, while it is said to be pleasing as bringing rest to desire, and useful as referred to something else. The pleasant, however, extends to more things than the useful and the honest, since whatever is useful and honest is pleasing in some respect, whereas the converse does not hold, according to Ethics 2.3. Reply to Objection 1. A thing is said to be honest if it is desired for its own sake by the rational appetite, which tends to that which is in accordance with reason, while a thing is said to be pleasant if it is desired for its own sake by the sensitive appetite. Reply to Objection 2. Riches are denominated honesty according to the opinion of many who honor wealth, or because they are intended to be the instruments of virtuous deeds, as stated above in Article 1, Second Reply. Reply to Objection 3. Tully and Ambrose mean to say that nothing incompatible with honesty can be simply and truly useful since it follows that it is contrary to man's last end, which is a good in accordance with reason, although it may perhaps be useful in some respect with regard to a particular end. But they do not mean to say that every useful thing as such may be classed among those that are honest. Fourth Article whether honesty should be reckoned a part of temperance. Objection 1. It would seem that honesty should not be reckoned a part of temperance. For it is not possible for a thing to be a part and whole in respect of one same thing. Now, temperance is a part of honesty, according to Tully in On the Art of Rhetoric 253. 
Therefore, honesty is not a part of temperance. Objection to further, it is stated in the third Ezra 3.21 that wine makes all thoughts honest. But the use of wine, especially in excess, in which sense the passage quoted should seemingly be taken, pertains to intemperance rather than to temperance. Therefore, honesty is not a part of temperance. Objection 3. Further, the honest is that which is deserving of honor. Now, it is the just and the brave who receive most honor, according to the philosopher in Rhetorics nine. Therefore, honesty pertains not to temperance, but rather to justice and fortitude. Wherefore, Eleazar said as related in Second Maccabees 6.28, I suffer an honorable, honesta, death, for the most venerable and most holy laws. On the contrary, Macrobius reckons honesty a part of temperance, and Ambrose, in On the Duties of the Clergy 143, ascribes honesty as pertaining especially to temperance. I answer that, as stated above in Article 2, honesty is a kind of spiritual beauty. Now the disgraceful is opposed to the beautiful, and opposites are most manifest of one another. Wherefore, seemingly, honesty belongs especially to temperance, since the latter repels that which is most disgraceful and unbecoming to man, namely animal lusts. Hence, by its very name, temperance is most significative of the good of reason to which it belongs to moderate and temper evil desires. Accordingly, honesty, as being ascribed for a special reason to temperance, is reckoned as a part thereof, not as a subjective part, nor as an annexed virtue, but as an integral part or condition attaching thereto. Reply to Objection 1. Temperance is accounted a subjective part of honesty, taken in a wide sense. It is not thus that the latter is reckoned a part of temperance. Reply to Objection 2. When a man is intoxicated, the wine makes his thoughts honest, according to his own reckoning, because he deems himself great and deserving of honor. Reply to Objection 3. Greater honor is due to justice and fortitude than to temperance, because they excel in the point of a greater good. Yet greater honor is due to temperance, because the vices which it holds in check are the most deserving of reproach, as stated above. Thus honesty is more to be ascribed to temperance according to the rule given by the Apostle, in 1 Corinthians 12.23, when he says that our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness, which, namely, destroys whatever is uncomely. End of question 145. Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.